Welcome to the Abiding Marriage Podcast. I'm Sean Salberg. And I'm Glenn Salberg, her husband. Glad you could join us on today's episode. I'd like you to think back to your wedding day. You know, it was a day when you pledged your love and your commitment to your spouse, and a day that you planned for and greatly anticipated. I want you to keep that thought in your mind for just a few more seconds. Now, let me ask you a question. So how does a couple get from pledging their love and commitment to each other on a wedding day to saying, I want a divorce? And here's another similar question. How did two people who were so head over heels in love Mm. end up living like strangers at the same address? So today we want to talk with you about what we believe is the number one killer of marriage relationships. It's something that you and your spouse need to be aware of and actively working towards to combat. For sure, for sure. So stay tuned with us to hear more on that. And as always, thanks for joining us today on this journey of marriage. You know, as we were prepping for this episode, I took a few minutes to Google what the top reasons were for divorce. And, and there was a, a long list, but here, here's some of the ones that I found on multiple lists I read. Infidelity, finances, pornography, lack of communication, lack of commitment, constant arguing, weight gain, unrealistic expectations, lack of intimacy, not being prepared for marriage, physical or emotional abuse, addiction, and a difference in religions. And, and we recognize each of these can be real issues for couples. But in this episode, rather than focusing on the issues that may cause someone to feel like they're justified in seeking to end their marriage, we want to talk about the one thing that we see as a real threat for you and your spouse, even if you aren't dealing with any of these kind of issues. So what is that one thing? Yes. Well, everybody wants to know. Here it is. <laughs> and it actually may surprise you. But it is neglect. So plain and simple, as husbands and wives, we simply stop investing the time and energy needed to grow this most important earthly relationship with each other. And the results are devastating. You know, we heard this when we were watching Paul David Tripp teach on marriage. During this teaching, he shared his observations after years of talking with many couples that neglect more than anything else was actually the number one killer of most marriages. You know, and just to reinforce the idea about neglect that Paul David Tripp shared, I found a post by the Marriage Foundation called The Three Killers of Marriage. I'll put a link to it in the show notes for you. And here's what they say. This is the most common killer and is present in every marriage that is not doing well. It is present even when couples think everything's fine. It starts off very small and subtle and grows unnoticed. However, it is easy to identify by analyzing how you treat each other in your marriage. This killer alone can lead a couple to divorce and often does. You know, there's more to that article, but the article goes on to say something I want to share. It says the easiest way to identify this misery-causing killer is to compare how you behave when you and your spouse were dating and how you behave now. And the simplest way to think about this 
is that you and your spouse are simply taking one another for granted. It can start out by simply not making time for one another. Maybe you start getting busy building your career, so you're prioritizing that over your marriage. Or maybe you simply say yes to too many good Mm. things, Mm -hmm. which really means you're saying no to your marriage, which is your most important human relationship. Or maybe you started your family shortly after you became a husband and wife, and now you're worn out taking care of the children, Mm -hmm. and you're not able to make time for just the two of you anymore. You know, an over-familiarity has more serious challenges when you do not recognize it early and then work on it together. You know, here's a few examples. When you previously were patient with your spouse's faults and did your best to try to overlook those offenses, now there's little grace for your spouse and maybe even less patience. Mm -hmm. When you used to be mindful of how you treated and spoke to your spouse, now you easily snap at each other and put your spouse down over even small things. Or how about this one? When you used to sit together on the couch and enjoy a conversation, a show, or a book together, now you sit on separate sides of the room or different rooms, and you're more engaged with your phone than you are with each other. Ouch. That one hurts. (laughs) Ouch. Yes. So often when we're talking to couples about how much time they spent together when they were dating... They mostly remember making intentional efforts to move things around on their schedules and to even cancel other things just to be able to spend time with each other. But oh, how things have changed for them now. (laughs) (laughs) Now everything else seems to take priority over their relationship and their time together. But in reality, your marriage really is becoming at the bottom of your priority list. Or to be more blunt, your marriage isn't even on your <laughs> yeah, priority yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. You know, God opened my eyes to the taking one another for granted, really, in our first few years of marriage. You know, I had, I had pursued and pursued Sean during our many months of dating. But, but you know, on the other side of I do, I turned my attention to my career and other activities, and those things began to take priority in my life and on my calendar And, you know, I realize now this was totally dishonoring to my wife and very hurtful to our marriage as well. But he wasn't the only one. You know, later on after having kids, I caught myself spending so much time with them because even though they did need me a lot, I just had in my mind, I felt that they needed me more than he did. So I really stopped making any effort to spend time with just him because my kids needed me. But that's not appropriate either, and that dishonored him. So we have to remember, if we aren't continually being intentional to spend time together, that temptation to neglect each other can continue to plague you, even after almost 30 years of marriage. You know, another article I found was a transcript of an interview with Dr. James Dobson from Focus on the Family. And Dr. Dobson was asked the question, would you identify some of the major marriage killers that are most responsible for the high rate of divorce that plagues today's families? You know, Dr. Dobson had several answers, but here was his number one reason. Here's what he said. This is a quote. Overcommitment and physical exhaustion. Beware of this condition is especially insidious for young couples who are trying to get started in a profession or in school. 
Do not try to go to college, work full-time, have a baby, manage a toddler, fix up a house, and start a business all at the same time. Mm. It sounds ridiculous, but many young people try to do just that and are then surprised when their marriages fall apart. And why wouldn't they? The only time they see each other is when they're worn out. Husbands and wives must reserve time for one another if they hope to keep their love alive. Now, I know you may have laughed and thought, man, that would be crazy to do that when he described that young couple and their overcommitment. But have you honestly examined your own life to see where you are overcommitted and overscheduled? Now, I didn't say if you were overcommitted, <laughs> but yes. where, where you were yes. overcommitted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing we do see consistently across the large majority of the couples we sit with, it is overcommitment of their time and their schedules. And that leads to neglect of their own relationship as husband and wife. Before we move on to the next section where we're going to talk about how to combat neglect and overfamiliarity in your marriage, we want to talk about something we hear, and you probably hear too, way too often. And here's the phrase, I have just fallen out of love with my spouse. Or a similar one we hear is, I love them, but I'm not in love with them anymore. We do hear this a lot as we sit with couples. And it seems to be more and more prevalent in this world we live in today. And while there can be legitimate reasons a spouse would say that, here is what we have found. That the spouse saying this is usually talking about the high emotions that we all feel when we first start dating. You know, remember those times we can talk for hours on the phone and seemingly never run out of things to say? Ah, new love, yes. (laughs) Yes. And while those emotions are real, marriages require much more than that feeling of being in love with another person. It requires a commitment that supersedes your mere feelings. Yes, for sure. And you know, that commitment has to be fueled by your commitment to honor the Lord in your relationship and also to be intentional to make time for each other in a similar way that you did when you were dating and engaged. You know, the pursuit of each other cannot stop, or you will likely find yourself saying, I've just fallen out of love with my spouse. You know, when you find yourself in a season where you realize that you've been taking your spouse for granted, the first needed step to make this better is not what you might think. Let me, let me take a moment to read from Isaiah 55. These are verses 6 and 7. It says, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. You know, that, that, that phrase, uh, the phrases that you hear there in Isaiah 55, remind me that in God's kingdom, you know, all true change starts with my repentance as I fully own the things that I've done wrong. I must remember that my sin of neglecting my marriage and my spouse is a sin first and foremost against God. You know, in Psalm 51, David declared, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. 
Although our sin is both vertical against God and horizontal against our spouse, our repentance really needs to start by acknowledging our sin before God and asking for His forgiveness. Again, true biblical repentance is a response of my mind, my emotions, and my will. Repentance is a response of my whole person to the sin that the Lord shows me. And in this case, the sin of neglecting my marriage relationship. And please hear this. True repentance is not something that you can just conjure up on your own. It really is a gift of God given in response to our humility and our brokenness before Him. So this step really is critical. Our right desire to stop neglecting our marriage relationship must begin with this step if this is going to be a long-term change and not just a temporary fix. You know, and after completing this first critical step of repenting before God, we need to ask the Lord to help us with a second step, and that's humbling ourselves and going to our spouse and confessing it to them. You know, neglect in marriage hurts. It really does. And those hurts can many times fester into bitterness and unforgiveness, especially when we don't address them in a biblical way. We would strongly suggest that you take time to pray, possibly for a day or two, about this next step. And and ask the Lord, really, to prepare your heart and your spouse's heart for the conversation that needs to happen as you confess this to them. And the timing of this is critical. Try to find a time when you both have at least 45 minutes to talk uninterrupted without you already being exhausted. You may not have to need that long of a time, but you want to have the bandwidth to have that extended conversation if you really need to. And also expect that the Lord is already at work in your situation through your prayers and your repentance towards Him. So what does this time look like when that time comes for you and your spouse to get together? It's a statement similar to this. God has shown me that I have been wrong in neglecting our marriage and you as my spouse. I've done this when I have, fill in the blank, right, about, and be specific about the things that you've done or not done. Then finish by saying, I know this has been hurtful in our marriage and to you as my spouse, and I am sorry for having neglected you in this way. Will you please forgive me? And let me remind you, the words that you say aren't nearly as important as the attitude of your heart behind those words as you do this. For sure, yeah. Your spouse is going to know if you say the words, but your heart's really not into it. And that's why it's so critical to start this whole process with step number one, which is bringing this before the Lord. Now, we also want to let you know that several things may happen as this interaction happens between you and your spouse. Your spouse may be able to forgive you in that moment, or they may not. But, but don't press the issue if they're not ready in that moment to forgive you. As you begin to consistently do things uh, that show care and concern and the fact that you're prioritizing them, trust God to give them eyes to see that change in you. You know, at some point, God will allow the horizontal relationship to move towards healing and restoration as you continue to rightly prioritize your spouse and your marriage relationship. And if you're the spouse that wasn't ready to grant forgiveness in the moment, it is your responsibility to be the one to go back and open up this conversation again another time. Ask God to help you move toward giving out that grace that He has so richly given to you. 
And if the neglect has been going on a long time, the conversation really may need to take place over several sittings. Yes. Just to give each of you the space to share what you're feeling and Mm -hmm. going through. Mm -hmm. And also expect God to heal these hurts and to restore your marriage oneness as each of you are working towards making intentional time for each other. Yeah, it's so important to remember that God has to be in the middle of this process of you guys reprioritizing your relationship. So as important as it is to have these conversations between one another, it's more important to have those conversations with God to prepare your heart to have those multiple conversations so that your marriage can move in the right direction. You know, now that we've worked on those first two steps, confessing our sin to God, you know, and and to our spouse, now we need to start taking action steps to rearrange our priorities and really put our spouse and our marriage in a rightful place. You know, for most couples, it's likely if you have neglect in your relationship, it's because you've gotten your priorities out of whack in the first place. Right, so if you want to avoid being back here again in the future, <laughs> you really need to make some changes to re- reprioritize what's most important. So, so practically set aside some time when you can go over things uninterrupted. You know, bring your schedule, your calendar together, look at the things that you both have on your plate, and, and honestly, begin brainstorming ideas about how those things might change. And, and need I remind you, when you're brainstorming, no ideas to be evaluated or criticized during this time. You just write them down, and then you go back and evaluate them one at a time after you've brainstormed all of them. And some of our suggestions to prioritize your spouse and your marriage is to just plan times for conversations. Maybe plan a lunch together, take a short walk in the evening together, or put the kids to bed 15 minutes earlier to give you time. Put your phones down and yes, leave them in put another your room. Phones down, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let technology hinder your uninterrupted time together. Or try to find small increments of time in your day or in your evening to give your spouse your full attention and let them know that they matter to you more than your other things going on. You know, we would try to do this as soon as Glenn came home from work. He would give hugs to the kids and let them share a little bit about their day. And then we would tell them, now mom and dad are going to have their couch time. And you need to let us have our time (laughs) to talk to just each other and not you for 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, and and honestly, it was a struggle at times. But we were showing our kids that we were their priority. And we were also making time to have adult conversation. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and you can also schedule some longer times together, preferably at least once a week. You know, this doesn't have to be a formal date where you go out and, you know, spend lots of money, but but it really needs to be a time that you set aside just for you to be able to connect with each other without distractions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and get out and have some fun together yes. again. Having fun is important. Yes, it is. <laughs> and I would say also continue to be a student of your spouse when you were dating You are learning about them to get to know them more. But this is not something that you just do during dating season. It's a lifelong endeavor that you need to continue to know your spouse. Because you need to remember, just like you, your spouse is changing over time as well. Yes, for sure. 
And begin to say no to some things so that you can say yes to your marriage and your spouse. Be willing to sacrifice time to give to your spouse to show them how important they are to you. You know, and last and certainly not least, rearranging your priorities means that you need to put God back in His rightful place at the very top of your priority list. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't a one-time event, but it's, it's really a continual process of taking ourselves off the throne of our life and allowing God to be in His rightful place. And this is not just about going to church more or reading your Bible more or joining a Bible study group. Although those are important things, this is really about you making God, His Word, and walking in the power of His Spirit your daily top priority. Yes. And that really needs to remain our, our focus, even as we try to prioritize our marriage relationship. Right. You know, as we begin to wrap up this podcast, we want to give you a final encouragement, really encouragement for you and your spouse as you work towards getting rid of or guarding against neglecting your marriage. You know, this comes to us from our friends at Grace Marriage, Brad and Marilyn Rhodes. You know, here's what Brad and Marilyn share on complacency. Complacency is very dangerous. First Peter 5, 8 tells us, be sober-minded Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Our enemy, the devil, is looking for complacent marriages to pounce on and destroy. If God hates divorce, and he says he does in his word, know that Satan loves it. And if either or both of you are in a season when you realize that you've grown complacent and you've been coasting in your marriage... Don't wait another day to take steps to change that. Take time to work through these three steps that we've suggested. Mm -hmm. Your vertical repentance with God, your horizontal repentance with your spouse, and taking steps to reprioritize your marriage to get it in its rightful place. We sit down with too many couples who have coasted for too long. And unfortunately, now many of them are no longer married or they're just living as roommates at the same address. You know, I can't, I can't really say this any more strongly. Please do not stay in a place of neglect in your marriage. Yeah. Please don't. Take action today to begin spending intentional time with your spouse and enjoy hanging out together again. This is, this is so, so important. So please take action uh, when you find yourself in that place. And I want to take a minute to pray before we end our time. Lord, thank you for um, Lord, thank you for helping us recognize in seasons when we've been neglecting our most important human relationship, our marriage. Lord, help us to recognize that. Help us to bring that before you, to bring that before our spouse, and then to rearrange things in our life so that those things that you say are priorities would really be priorities in our life. Lord, thank you that we can do this because you've given us your spirit uh, to both convict us and to empower us to do things differently. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Abiding Marriage Podcast. We do hope that each episode is going to give you at least one thing to help you grow and thrive as a husband or wife. And in addition to helping you and your spouse, our earnest desire is to help as many couples as we can. Mm -hmm. 
So thank you for sharing our podcast with others. You never know what God can do through you sharing this with a husband or wife that you know. And we hope y'all come back for another episode. God bless y'all. Bye. Thank you.